Aaron, good night. Good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. How you doing? I don't know. I'm doing good. It has been a really rough week, but I am so glad that it is Friday evening. And um, yeah, this is a good start to a weekend. Nothing that I would rather do than talk to friends about these wonderful topics. All right. Then without delay, three, two, one. My name is Terry Lovelace. This is The Devil's Den. Tonight we have Jason Bland from Paranormal Soup, and he's going to tell us about shadow people and about a camping trip with a lot of eerie similarities to mine. So this is good, I promise. So welcome, Jason. It's nice to have you here. It's good to be here, finally. Nice, <laughs> that nice to be fun, in, fun to be on the other side of the mic for a change. Yeah, I, I feel I'm a horrible guest, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'll be I'm trying to be the best guest I can being a host, I know. But I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I, people just say, oh, no, you're a great guest. You're interesting. I'm like, that's why I always feel like I'm the host. I'm not as interesting as the guests. <laughs> well, we're, we're pretty laid back here. If we were any more laid back, we'd be unconscious. So. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. How are you doing? I am doing good. I am doing good. You've been on Jason's show once before, haven't you? Yeah. I was one time. And I absolutely enjoyed it. I, I had a blast on your show, Jason. It was fun. We'll definitely have and, to do it again. Yeah. And you called me smart. So that was cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I call the guests dumb and stupid all the time. Oh, man. <laughs> you were special. So I am special. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump in here and start with what would you rather cover first? I see you got you got two really interesting areas to cover, and that is kind of like the amazingly similar experience to what I had. I mean, kind of right. experience. And then you, you've had um, like shadow people and ghosts. I've stuff. had, I've had weird experiences all my life. Like uh, <laughs> I say well, I'm not interesting, but I like, but I've had all these weird, weird things to me. I've thought were just normal weird things that I found out not a lot of people have experiences with. So knowing that now, I guess it is, I do have an interesting life somewhat because uh, I've seen a lot of things nobody's ever seen before. And I guess I should feel special for that. Uh, as for the camping trip, if you want to start there, we can, because uh, that's kind of how we got introduced. Um, you know, basically when I read your book, Incident at Devil's Dead, it brought out like, I, you know, like I said, just start. Okay. I've always been in the weird. I've always believed in the paranormal. I, you know, from a very young age, um, my earliest memory, one of my earliest memories is being like four or five years old with my cousin, Phil, and we saw a green floating head fly through a room and I could hear it screaming and wailing. He couldn't, which is an interesting story, but he remembers it. I remember it wasn't a dream. We were only four or five years old and, uh, we both remember it. I remember when I brought it up to him, he got white as a sheet because he's like, I thought that was a dream. <laughs> like, no, that was real. We both saw it. He goes, I just wrote it off as a dream the whole time, which I would find that interesting because a lot of people might have paranormal experiences and when they're in their childhood, they still, it's still in there. It's still in their mind, but they just, it's, it's a, a memory, a dream. It didn't really happen, but I never let go. I knew from the age of four, when I saw that, that was real. 
and everything everybody else is telling me, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Because if there can be green floating heads, there could be a lot of different things. That's why I loved Ghostbusters as a kid. I loved anything sci-fi fantasy. I think that moment there, it, it, it epitomized me that anything could happen. Anything's possible. So thinking, you know, me having that experience and many more after that, and there's the whole shadow person experience included, um, which ties into this, that I would not not think about something that happened to me on a camping trip that was now that I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was that should be questionable. Uh, how I just ignored it, I find so interesting. Yeah. But what brought it out was reading Incident at Devil's Den. It made me think about it because, you know, it's just the scene of you being on that camping trip with Toby and that happened. I didn't have anything nowhere near that incredible. And I still question what it is. But reading your book, the emotion of it, the truth and honesty of it, and the way the similar to I see that you went a long part of your life without looking at it. Yeah. Like you're wired not to, it brought me back to looking at this, open this up to me. And then I saw connections to this camping trip to things like my shadow person experience. I'm like, are they connected? I don't know. I'm still trying to answer these questions. So if we want to start there, we can. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's, that's a great place definitely. to start. What, what year was this roughly? So I got to think my memory is not bad. I don't have like eidetic memory. So I got to say the camping trip had to happen. It was my first camping trip on my own um, with a friend, you know, as a teenager, I was like 16 going into 17. I don't know if I was 17 yet. That's good enough. So you're, no, I, it's somewhere around between 16 and 17. It was the first camping trip. We went to a place, my best friend Lance at the time um, said, oh, he'd gone to this place before with some friends. There's like a number of camping spots, a lot of Grateful Head and Fish Heads that would go on tour, following the bands around, would stop in Kentucky at River Gorge and go camping in these different spots. Um, some of them have caves. There's a cave that had a whole window that looked out over the whole valley. And there's this one spot there has like a cliff area near the camping spot. You got to hike out almost two miles after you already drive up a few miles up into the foothills. You got to hike about two miles out to this camp spot way out in the middle of nowhere. And there's these cliffs that look over the whole Forest Valley right at that camping spot. And that's where he wanted to go. Um, so we went on this camping trip, my first camping trip and, uh, set it up. And my friend Lance and I, when we got there, of course you hiked two miles, we were exhausted, but excited, you know, because like, wow, this, this is awesome. This is beautiful. I see the cliff and I'm like, we're hanging out and I, it started to get, you know, nighttime, but we thought we were going to hang out like all night. Like we had plans, but of course, hiking two miles, setting up the tent, doing all that. We were pretty, pretty well out of going to be out of it, you know, but I do remember that, um, that night we were, were the, right before the I, the words came to my, out of my mouth there was this weird blue flash of light now land and I, I still think it could be this i it could have been lance goes oh it must be heat lighting and it did storm not that day not that night but the rest of the camping trip but that night it was just one weird blue flash of light and he goes oh that was heat lightning i go oh okay because he, he saw the question look on my face, like, what was that? You know? And so after that, I was, he's like, well, I think we should go to bed. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm like, but the sun's just set. Like, we were going to stay away later than this. But we decided to go to bed. 16-year-olds don't normally crash at 10 o'clock or 9 Right. Well, well, I mean, I the logical part of me writes it up that we did hike two miles with heavy 100-pound backpacks on our back and, like, took a bunch of crap wow. out there we didn't need. Um, 
So that, that's the, you know, my logical mind says that possibly the do find it weird that we went to bed pretty much after sunset, but it had been like seven o'clock at night or something like that. You know, mm. I, I'm not sure, you know, this is mid, midsummer. This had to been, I believe we went in June. If I remember right, it was either May or June. Um, I think it was June because it was after my birthday. So we go to bed that night. I He made fun of me that night because I he's like, you know, take off your boots. I'm like, I will leave them on. Just the thought in my mind, if like something happens, an animal attacks or something goes wrong, and I have, I like have the Deliverance banjo song playing in my head while I'm out there, anything goes wrong, I got my boots on to make run for it, <laughs> you know, in the middle yeah, of the night I if know. I wake up. So, you know, we, we lay down and I remember falling like right out. Like it didn't take me long, even though I'm thinking in my mind, like all this stuff, I'm listening to all the sounds, like, you know, all the worst eighties horror movies are playing through my mind out there. Cause this is my first camping trip on my own as a teenager. And, um, but I fell right out and, um, I don't know what, if I, you know, dreamt anything else, what I do know is the, there's just some very vague memories after this very vivid memory. All right. So yeah. somewhere in the point of dreaming, I, I looked at it for many years. If I were to somebody would be like, Hey, Red River Gorge and brought this memory up. I think, Oh yeah. It had a really intense lucid dream. It starts with me very, this part doesn't feel bit, uh, you know, blurred. The, this part was the intense part. I, I remember suddenly floating out of my tent, like right through my tent out, out of the top, but like I was laying down. So like I floated up, I could see the tent, you know, as I flew to, I, you know, whatever there, if I'm floating up, I was laying on my stomach and I went right up and I could see the tent. And, f- and for, I don't know how long, it's like, there's no time. I was, I was conscious enough and hanging up in the air, looking out over the whole Red River Gorge Valley to think, wow, this is a cool lucid dream. I thought like, I recognized I'm dreaming. This is really intense. This is really real. What can I do? And at the moment that I thought like, can I fly somewhere? I remember having this thought like, Ooh, cause I'd had flying dreams, lucid flying dreams before yeah. this scene. I'm like, this is really real. And then there was a bright light behind me. I remember that and like this, like, like, Oh, what's going on. And after that, everything else is very, very vague. I don't know. Like, I, I, I can feel a presence. Like, I try to search my mind. I remember the dream after waking up, like, like a control room area. I'm talking sci-fi. I am, and I hate saying that, but it was like a very sci-fi area. I can see panels, and I can see somebody there. I can't look at their face that's telling me things, not to be scared, and I wasn't. I don't remember being scared. I don't remember fear in this. Um. And they're telling me something like super important. And that's the part, like when I woke up, I was like, it's like reach grasping. What was it? What was it? But when I woke up, I realized it's like just a twinkle of light outside. So the sun hasn't risen yet, but it's starting to. And I was flipped around in my tent, not on my stomach. I'm on my back now. And my, my head's towards the door and my boots are off. And they're at the back end of the tent, just start off. I'm like, wow, did I really move around like that in this tent with my other friend laying next to me last night and did that. And I realized I look over and speak, you know, my friend's gone. I'm like, and I actually got a little panicked. I'm like, Whoa, where is he? What's going on? Uh, then I could smell coffee. You know, I remember the coffee. I remember smelling the coffee going, Oh, he must've got up. And that just, just took me away from it all. All the questions of what it was. Maybe I could have searched more at that moment for what I had in that dream. I was for a minute trying to like, I remember waking up trying to grasp like, Oh, wait, wait, don't forget. What was it? I was dreaming. That's what my thought. It was a dream. 
So I get up, I find Lance out, out down the path at the little cliff area. And we're, you know, talking and like saying good morning. And, you know, he's like, you know, go make yourself a cup of coffee. And I do. And we're sitting there and we're talking. The sun's getting ready to rise. I remember the birds chirping the night before because we did this like little music thing with <laughs> we were both musicians and yeah. and it was really cool. You could hear them talking to each other that morning. I could just start to hear the birds. But when I started to think about it, I'm like, wait a second, there are no birds. It was really dead quiet. I'm like, I guess it's just this way in Red River Gorge, Kentucky morning, maybe, you know, and um, we just got really quiet. And then like Lance read my mind, I think said something along the lines. It's, you know, wow, it's really quiet. I'm like, yeah. And, uh, you know, I can't remember word for word of what we talked about then. I just, I know we sat out there, we waited on the cliff, just drinking our coffee and like, man, we went to bed early. I know we were talking about that. You know, like, why did we go to bed so early? Now we're up at like five in the morning <laughs> or something, you know, what happened? And uh, I, I do remember before I, I did ask him like, Hey, did when I, you got up, which way was I facing in the tent? I somehow rolled around and turned around and goes, yeah, I thought that was weird. I remember saying that it was like, how did you do that in the middle of the night without waking me up? Because you flipped all the way around or did you get up and go to the bathroom or something because you were turned all the way around in the tent when i woke up this morning so when he woke up i was there and just passed out turned around with my boots off he's like i don't remember you moving it he he himself is somebody who suffered night terror severe night terrors um ever since his childhood and into adulthood i don't know where he stands with it now i'm friends with the guy on facebook but very afraid to approach him with this because he's very skeptical a hole about these things very arrogant that's why i never could talk to him about a lot of this stuff but he was a believer in some things so i thought maybe i don't know i'm afraid to talk to him about it all these years later and i don't want to we'll get to that how, so, how big was the tent it wasn't a very big tent i mean we're, we're talking I mean, a two-person tent okay so there really is no way that you could have turned no we didn't bring a big tent out there we're hiking two miles out we were sharing a small tent just because less we had to carry and uh so you know we're sitting on the cliff talking about that and stuff and like you know, we notice how dead quiet it got and it's a misty morning like there's this whole mist that's out over the like this cliff over red river gorge looks out over this whole like forest valley it's beautiful it was so beautiful i took my wife there Year, a few years later, a number of years later, because I was 16 then, 17. And I, remember, I took my wife there when we were like 21. Um, so I wasn't terrified. Whatever that happened there, unlike Terry's incident, that was terrifying. I don't believe mine was. I don't think whatever I encountered in that woods scared me. So I don't think I had any, you know, negative experience, whatever they, I don't think they did anything to me. I don't, I don't know. It was very vague. I felt like I was being told something very important. And I also felt like my friend Lance was a part of it were there that's all i can when i search your search your feelings luke you know i do that like search my memories try to remember what it is that's all i got the no past or uh, hypnotic regression sessions on this stuff at all i'm afraid to honestly yeah um but we're sitting out there the main point of this story we're sitting on this cliff after all that happened and out in this valley sunny out of nowhere as we noticed it got dead quiet like everything suddenly got quiet this huge beam of light as big as my house from the forest floor up went up and I don't know how long it went. It felt like it was probably was only a second or two, but it felt like time slowed. I don't know. It's just like, we were like, Whoa, you know, and, and then it's gone. Now wow. I tried thinking of all kinds of like, what the heck could that have been? It was just a light. There was no ship. There was no nothing. It was just a big beam of light in the early morning shot up. 
Now, later on, we found there was a house there in that area, right where we saw it. When the sun finally came up and we could totally see and the mist was gone, they're like, well, there is a house there. Um, but we're like, yeah, but we made the light, you know, the, the whole house turning on. I mean, you need to like floodlights. And my friend Lance later on said, driving by, he's like, I think I spotted a, a spotlight. I never saw a spotlight. I never saw anything. And if it was a spotlight, it'd have to be huge. Yeah. It'd be huge, like bigger than Batman's, you know, yeah, that yeah. Gordon puts up. It was huge. It didn't last long. My friend Lance just laughed mm-hmm. it off and wrote it off. And that's how he would be a lot, a lot of these things until we encountered our shadow person later on, where he got much more or less skeptical and scared for his life. Um, and that's, that, that's the thing. So I had that experience. I didn't think about it for a very long time, very long time. And I had other dreams too, I realized after reading your book too, that I just are dreams to me. But I, if I connect them and what's in those dreams to what was going on there and the shadow person experience starts to make me wonder, are they dreams or is something else going on? And I've had some missing time episodes just this last year that I'm not sure about. Wow. What does that mean to me? I don't know. I'm, I, like I told you, I'm just at the beginning of trying to discover what that means. I don't think I'm an abductee. I don't think I was before then. I don't think anything before then. I don't, I don't really know. I my gut instinct makes me feel like my friend might be, and I got picked up with him. Yeah. Now, did he have night terrors before this camping trip or were they oh, after yeah. the trip? Oh, oh all of his life. Yeah. All his life. Okay. Yeah. You had to get that news told to you when you spent the night at his house, when he finally, he'd have to break down his let you know, if I wake up screaming and lose my mind, go get my parents. Yeah. Wow. So you see what I'm getting at? I do. And, I do. and if he's somebody who, who, he has a family. His life looks great. As far as I know, it's great. Nothing's wrong. Why would I go up to him and put that little seed in there? You know what I'm saying? Why would I do that? There's nothing going wrong with his life. Everything's perfectly fine. So why should I shake that boat? And that's yeah. why I haven't talked to him about any of it. Yeah. Stuff, I, stuff I didn't connect back then that I have connected now. If he seems to be fine, then whatever's going on with him, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I'm guessing everything's fine. I don't need a rough ruffle those feathers you know what's weird is that you know and all these responses i got to my book just like just like you i had 1599 other people write to me too in emails and i you know being a data-driven kind of guy i kind of put this all out on an excel spreadsheet looking for commonalities and things that they had in common and one of the things that really stood out to me was that uh whenever two people had a shared experience like toby and i you know things were never the same between us again. I mean, it was just, we were never the same. And people wrote and tell me that all the time. You know, like um, Ray Fowler wrote an excellent book about the Allagash Four up in Maine. Yeah. And uh, same thing there, you know, you had Jack and Jim Wiener, they were twins and twins are always close. And then two two other guys- The whole aspect of twins in this too, (laughs) they go down too. Yeah. In, in, In your story or just in general? No, just in general, twins- involved in an abduction or that's a whole other you know commonality well anyway these four guys after their experience and they had a crazy experience drifted apart you know and uh it's kind of like a time if a group if a group has this shared experience it's kind of like the band breaks up you know everybody goes in a different direction you know but for me with him we hung out after that camping trip we were fine with each other it was after our shadow person experience um that that's when that changed that I didn't want to be around him, Tell which us. I found very, that, that, that's why the shadow person experience that like people don't know people talk about shadow people since the nineties, 
you know, Art Bell used to have people calling in talking about it. And I really think it grew on Art Bell's show. Uh, the shadow person is just people coming out and saying, I've seen shadow people because when people see ghosts and they see them as shadows, that's, I think yeah. a typical shadow person person is just a spirit, but there was an odd phenomenon of the hat man and shadow person. That is something more, something you want to see out of the corner of your eye, something you see right in front of you and something that's telepathic, something that wants to mess with you. And then some people call that demonic. I don't know. Uh, what I encountered <clears throat> with my friend was about, a few months after that camping trip. And so we went in June, it was in October. So yeah, I was 17 when this happened. So the camping trip was 17. That's right. And then in that October, we went out to a party in these woods and there's these train tracks there that actually crisscross. They go over, there's like all day, there's a bridge and there's another set of tracks that run like a hundred feet down below it. And there's a whole slope that goes down into the woods that are nobody occupies. And teenagers decide to throw a party out there, you know, sure. just like a Friday the 13th horror film. Uh, it's what it felt like. I'm sitting around the campfire playing guitar and these guys are all drinking and and doing acid and huffing whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is just recipe for disaster. <laughs> you know. And I, I was waiting for my friend to show up so we could get out of there and I'm playing guitar. And the first time I ever saw, saw a shadow person is when I was sitting there playing guitar at this campfire, this party, and I saw this seven foot tall. And it was, at first, I thought I saw something move out of the corner of my eye, typical way you see a shadow person. But I turned and looked, and I saw between trees this thing walk, and it was just too tall to be a person, in my opinion. It was just, I'm like, what? Like, my heart stopped. It was at the end of this song I played. Um, it kind of stopped me while everybody was still kind of playing, and, and I saw it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going. Uh, and I'm like, okay, song's over. I'm gone, guys. And uh Cause I was actually playing guitar and singing and all that. And it was at the end of the song, I saw this thing. and I, I ended up running to my friend Lance to make the story short. And he and his girlfriend at the time were walking to the tracks to come to me and they were hearing footsteps behind him. They turned and wouldn't see anything. And then one time he turned, he saw this shadow walk across the tracks. And so he's like, that's weird. So that was a weird incident. It was on Halloween or near Halloween. I think it was. A year later, the day after Halloween, after having a number of dreams throughout that year of those tracks and a shadow person standing at the, at the end of the bridge calling me to it, I finally confessed to my friend Lance, hey, we should go out there for Halloween. I've been having dreams about that place. And he goes, what? <laughs> He's like, I swear I've seen a shadow in my dream. And it calls me out there. We both were like, okay, we're both having dreams about a shadow person calling us out there. Let's go. You know? Good idea. Uh, Typical teenage. Typical teenagers, <laughs> right? You know, the, uh, we were both into Interview with a Vampire and the Vampire Chronicles. We liked the dark gothic stuff and sure. thought, like, something's calling us out there. Something powerful. Let's go, you know. Can Stupid. you describe this shadow thing? I'm just trying to visualize what this looks like. I mean, I hear that. In the dreams, the it is dark. is darker than dark. In person, it's darker than dark, but it's very quick usually when you see it. The quickest, the longest I saw it wasn't quick. It was in the middle of the night when it's completely dark out. So it was hardly hard to see. I was at my parents' house smoking a cigarette in the middle of the night. And this is when I saw it as a hat, what you could describe as a hat man, because it had the, like, like a, a, I didn't say cone man or a hat or something that went up like this. When it just went up like that and it stopped. Up. Yeah. Stop. Stove almost pipe? like a stove pot but yeah. not as tall as it wasn't like abe lincoln's it wasn't like okay. that tall you know it could almost be a fedora in my opinion 
Uh, but it seemed just like something like shaped around the head. But I'm telling you, there's no detail. It's just completely black. But this scene was 3D black to me because it literally walked out. I could see I'm like, if somebody's walking up to me, I'm like, who's walking through my woods coming up to me? And I like froze like, do they see me standing here with a cigarette? I'm like dropping the cigarette trying to put it out. And this thing walks right up to me. And I am like so terrified I can't move. And it just literally turns around and walks right back out. But in my head, I, I, I pretty much knew what I was dealing with was the shadow person because I'm sitting there smoking that cigarette that night going, I'm sick of this crap. This thing wants to take me, come take me because it didn't bother me for weeks in, in my sleep. And when I did that, this thing got, like came out of the woods and walked right up and walked back like saying, you can't do nothing to stop me. You, you, know, you heard that tele telepathically? You heard really that, that was a feeling. Nothing? That was the feeling I got. The vibe I got, like, huh? Like it was laughing at me. Like it walked right up to me and like, what are you gonna do? Because I was getting that? angry before that point. Now I'm totally scared. You know, I get a goosebumps just now yeah. thinking about it. Um, yeah. but Did yeah, this thing give you the, an evil vibe. Did you get like this? Yeah. Is yeah, I would I would say I I've been now being a paranormal investigator, I've been from places where people killed themselves. I felt that you know, that feeling that's like evil. But I've always described this scene as like, it's evil in its intent, like what it wants to do. I guess you could say it's evil, but it's almost alien. It's, I've always said that before I would ever made any connection, but I always felt like it's not human, not terrestrial, not dimensional, not supposed to be here. Everything it is about, it shouldn't be here. That's my feeling about it. Yeah. Like whatever my, but it gave me the creepy crawly feeling in my, when I'd be, if it was a dream or not, Felt like it was standing over me. I was paralyzed and it would like run its hand on my arm at one point. And it'd be like the skin crawly feeling like it would toy with me and per perilous. And then it would take me out of my body in these dreams and show me things. It did this on end for, you know, a good couple months. And what did he show uh, you? Or, or she? Or some him? things, it, uh, some things are definitely way too personal. That's how okay, bad this thing is. There's things in my past. That I don't, you know, my childhood, uh, experiences i had a happy childhood great parents i don't say anything about that but i had some other experiences that were disturbing and it went right to that um and i, I just the stuff i can't talk about yeah no the example i always give because this doesn't matter to me anymore being married now and all that i my girlfriend at the time was cheating on me and i didn't know it i was totally clueless i thought everything was fine like a dumb man that i was or boy um and it showed me her sitting in this car, this parking lot, kissing this other guy she worked with. And the next day, as I finally find out, like, oh, yeah, you haven't talked to Carrie? And I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to her. Like, you should talk to her. I'm like, what is going on? I find out that happened that night, just like I saw. She even admits it to me. She's like, How, who told you? She wanted to know who told me. When I said it, I didn't tell anybody else that I knew. I told her, I said, you know, you weren't with him kissing him or, or something, right? Right? Because there's there's this weirdness going on. I'm like, she because she told me I had something. I need to talk to you about so-and-so. And I'm like, what? I don't want to say names here. I don't know. No, I don't think these people watch me or anything. But, <laughs> but I, you know, she, you know, I... I, you know, when I, she said something's up with, you know, I need to talk to you about so-and-so. She was supposed to be hooking him up with her best friend. Part of me is like, oh, that's what she wants to talk about. But I'm like, oh, you weren't like kissing him in a car or anything. I made a joke. <laughs> that's how it came out. You know, oh. she's like, she got white. She's like, who talked? I'm like, so that happened. She's like, yes. I'm like, this was in the parking lot out in front of the movie theater. After you guys got off of work, she goes, who told you this? I've told no one. And I'm like, oh my God, this thing showed me it exactly and laughed it laughed it loved my 
total hate it you know it like it fed off my hate hatred of things too as much as it fed off my fear it wanted my hate too it either wanted to make me do something really bad to people or really bad to myself or both whatever it could get that's yeah. what i felt and i've studied yeah, and I know I got into demonology. I'm no, not a demonologist, uh, but I got into studying demons and all this stuff just because of this, because I wanted to figure out what it was. I don't, I still don't buy that it was demonic. I don't know. Um, it definitely feels like what demonics do, but man, it, there was a, this, this wicked intelligence to this thing. Like it knew how to get right down to my core. Like, it, like somehow it instantly knows everything about me. That's what I felt like. And, and, and shadow being metaphorically a shadow is perfect because it felt like my darker self. I've, I've, I've struggled. I've looked at this as honestly as I can. Like, is this something that's from inside me? You know, because it literally knew everything about me, you know? Oh, you can, you know, that could be, you know, it could be something inside you. However, if Lance is also having these experiences, he was. And so was the girl that went then... out to us with the tracks. They both were having ah. experiences that were so personal. That kind of takes it outside of something. Right inside you right yeah. but we all were affected well this is what i get into you people are familiar with uh um a psych or parapsychologist barry taff of course uh yes. you know he did the original ucla um yep california uh, yeah yep. you know one of the things i that got me into his study i big before i ever had him on my show became a big fan of his and studying the entity is are there parasitical dim uh, dimensional beings that feed off of our emotions um his take is environment person that creates these paranormal events that happen or psychokinetic. Um, and it's just the person and the, the, the place basically interacting their energy field sets off something in this, this energy field that makes things seem appear to be haunted. I have a third element, which is something I feel is like a parasitic entity that interacts between those two elements, a person, an environment, and something else that's swimming in the pool of that environment that feeds off of it. Something intelligent. But not human. I don't know if it's Judeo-Christian demonic, but it's something an entity that uh, feeds off of emotions. Because whatever I encountered out on those tracks that followed us, and see, I haven't even given you the whole story of the shadow person. I mean, like, there's so many weird synchronicities and craziness to that that event. What happened there? That train tracks where we encountered this before I ever went out there. I didn't know a number of people had died right on that spot on that bridge. Three children, 30 years before. You know, this is where the story gets synchronicities. The night my best friend called me over and I found all this information out because his dad flipped out on him when he told him, broke down. I'm like, I'm having night terrors every night. I'm being terrorized ever since we went out to the train tracks behind this uh, bowling alley. And he goes, where? The night we were out there doing the, the, the year later when we went out there to you know, egg this thing on, his dad was at a bar that night. And he's just sitting there and he says, I don't know why I did this. He just turned around to this guy sitting next to him who was like a known hobo in town that would wear like always had a radio with him. And he, and he was in the bar with him. He turned to him and goes, you remember those kids who were killed out on the train tracks 30 years ago? And the guy turns to him and goes, yeah, one of them was my daughter. Oh, my his dad's like, get him a drink. All right. Paid the tab and got out of there and it was like man what the heck was that his so his dad's been was holding this in the whole time like freaked out by this weird incident and then his son drops it on him that he was out at those train tracks the same night because we knew he told him was he goes it was night after halloween his dad knew what night it happened to him he's like that was the same night he's like don't ever go out there again they called me over to his house so his dad could yell at me for going out there and told me don't ever go out there again i found out later a girlfriend of mine's mother her her uh one of her 
ex-boyfriends and a friend went out there onto those train tracks, laid his heads down on those tracks. And she had talked to him that night. He was fine. New girlfriend, new job, everything was going good, but they ruled it as a suicide because he got drunk, went out there and laid his head down on the tracks behind his house, right on that, those, that spot and was killed. So synchronicities galore, weirdness, death, all the darkness. I don't know. Pieces of puzzles. I've still all these years later, not put together. Okay, so I'm going to add I'm going to add a little bit of to the synchronicity weirdness because I've really never heard of a hat man until um, today I was told about hat man I got an email just from the show I did with Carrie Cassidy the other day and hey I want to talk to you about myself you know the way that people reach out and he mentioned hat man and the only other time I've heard hat man was on that that show that I did with Carrie so so twice in the last two days have I heard about Hatman. So this makes number three. Um, if it and, always started honestly, with shadow people, but honestly, Hatman I'm ties into it. I'm kind of creeped out right now. Yeah, <laughs> so, I would. I was very. I'm not, I'm not comfortable. I didn't talk about this stuff for years. The only reason I got me to start talking about it now is, is I feel like I said, I all look at all these, your experiences, Terry's experiences, my experiences, anything paranormal, they're all pieces to a puzzle to a unified field theory for the paranormal that would tie all this together. Because well, I believe there's some connection between what's happening on the extraterrestrial side and people's experience of abduction to what's happening with people, experiences with unknown entities like the entity case, you know, or my shadow person case, you know, these things come from somewhere else, something that could be one day scientifically explained, in my opinion. And they're all connected for some reason we don't understand because we don't understand the fabric of reality. I, that was taught to me when I saw a green floating head when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, right. that's, yeah. you know. Absolutely. You think there's a supernatural? I mean, supernatural to me is, is kind of a different level than paranormal. Do you think shadow people have a, they're, they're supernatural in uh, origin or you think they're just run-of-the-mill weird things that pop in? I feel, life? you want to know if my sci-fi break goes with it? Because yeah. that's just how I am. I'm a science fiction fan. If I were to write a story on it, <laughs> you know, give it a twist, like M. Night Shyamalan. I wonder sometimes if they're not like the shadow person, what I experience are not um, different, you know, demonic, not entities from another dimension. Maybe, maybe the dimension thing plays into it. What if they're just... I mean, they talk about inner earth. They talk about aliens that are living here now. What if they're aliens that have some projection device that can protect them, project their psychic kinetic body somewhere, you know? What if, what if the whole experience is just some sick video game for an alien? You know, because this thing felt like it was having fun. It was childish in manner and the way that it was having fun with my, my emotions. It was all interested in my emotions and feeding off them. You know, what if it's something like that? We're here for their amusement. Right. And their food it's very much like if energy's food yeah Yeah. um monsters inc you know when the monsters are trying to scare the kids at night and uh the more screams they get the more they can power up their city they say there's a lot of hidden stuff in movies Mm -hmm. uh and that's that's one monster sink that makes me wonder like Mm -hmm. isn't that pixar like some insider from the illuminati like putting that information in there (laughs) I don't know. Or it's just something from our, our the archetypes of our subconscious that's we're we're putting out these creators in Hollywood put out there unknowingly. Because I know I've come up with like I told you, I'm sci- my sci-fi brain. I've come up with storylines and ideas that later I find out are like actual conspiracy theories I had no idea about. Wow. You know? Wow. Well, you've had at least one episode of precognition because you knew about your I've had many. You've had many. Okay. But right. I've had many without the shadow person experience. Many. 
that so maybe the whole experience is something cooked up in my mind it was just another way of it precognitively telling me i don't know but it's a pretty torturous way it all ended for me just so people know there is i've written out this whole story in a book uh mike ricksecker mike mike ricksecker's um paranormal encounters volume two i believe is the name of the book uh the whole story is in there but some people know is it did end for me with the shadow person um one night it was not long after seeing it as a hat man um and not long after being told about the tracks and the kids dying there um this thing came at me again at night but this time it felt totally completely no way it was a dream it was physical i felt myself being lifted up off my bed i even felt my nose touch the little stucco in the ceiling and then wow. it in this it's a telepath. It's not something I hear with my ears, but I can hear this thing's laugh in my head. Mm-hmm. I know it's not in my ears. I know it's in my head, but I can still hear it. And it throws me down, and I'm like bouncing on the bed, paralyzed. I still can't move. I can feel my bed, my body, you know, like jiggle on the bed, but I can't shake off. You think I'd be able to jump after that? I'm so scared. My body's pumped adrenaline, but I can't move. Somehow this scene has me still paralyzed. Picks me up again. And then drafts me. And then the third time it goes to pick me up, I'm like, up, oh, I can feel my nose touching. I'm like, dear God, dear God, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, please forgive me. Please help me. And then this thing screeched. There was like a screech. I hit the bed, flew off the bed, and I got up on the floor and I saw this, you know, right, right, like flash. And I, for just about, I'd swear again, another like time slows. I saw a man standing there for just a few seconds and he looked at me. He had like glasses on. I could see him through the light of the window and like white shirt suspenders. And later on, it looked like my great grandfather I wasn't very familiar with. I saw a picture of. You think um, your grandfather maybe came there to. to something help saved you? me when I called out to God. I think so. Whoever was wow. in the suspenders and glasses. The even creepier is, you know, I do the ITC spirit box stuff. You know, yes. experiment. When I first started experimenting with it, it was during the day. So before I had my second son, I was, Dean was just uh two or three years old and uh, we're doing those experiments and i got a really weird feeling i said i gotta go and i was like experimenting with jamie at the time and another person from england who was very psychic and might have been fueling this whole thing <laughs> i go upstairs and i find him hiding under this table and i go what's wrong buddy he goes there was a man and a girl in the house i'm like what he goes there's a man and a girl in the house i go okay there's nobody here now I'm telling you, dad, there was a man and girl in that. So I'm like, okay, well, what did the man look like? He goes, he had belts on his shirt. And I'm like, anything else you could tell me? Because I'm thinking, he goes, he had glasses. I'm like, what did the little girl look like? She had like a white dress and dark hair. Well, the spenders and glasses, I'm thinking is the great-grandfather I saw when I had my shadow person experience. And the girl in the white dress is a whole other story about me talking to my unborn dead sister <laughs> that happened. That's a whole Whoa. other paranormal story. But yeah. So weirdness, I said, all these synchronicities, all these scenes, it just, the puzzle, the, the soup keeps getting more chunks and getting thicker for me to figure out how it all is connected. Uh, but that's my life. It's filled with little weird things I can't connect yet or understand. Probably you know, always be that let's way. Give a, let's give a shout out to Paranormal Soup. I'd, I'd like you to Absolutely. You know, tell, tell us a little bit about your show. I mean, I know a little bit about a show. Aaron does too. So <laughs> people listening so. would like to know. I mean, I... I I think everybody should tune in on Sunday night and listen to Paranormal Soup because it's great. Uh, and where can they it. find it? You're on different platforms and stuff? 
Well, uh, we stream live. It's not a podcast. I know I'm not in the podcast world. I don't have a podcast up on odd tunes. I am sorry. It's a three hour show. That's why uh, it's a three hour live show. Uh, I was a big fan of Art Bell. I like doing live shows. I'm not into doing podcasts. Nothing wrong. I listen to podcasts. I just, I'm not into recording them. Um, I like doing a live show with live, live phone call lines and all that. And I like live conversations with guests. Um, so it's every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Um, we do a news segment at the beginning called the World Wide Web of Weird, where we cover the latest in paranormal videos and evidence and stories, or just sometimes not paranormal, just stupid stories. Um, and we just have really good guests on. And we have, like I said, phone lines. We do some nights where we have spirit box and we do spirit boxes and people call in and let the spirits talk to them. And we edit the video and go look and see if there's any responses and post them up later. Uh, we have psychic game nights. I haven't done any of that stuff in a long time. I'm booked up with guests now already in August. August. Wow. That says a lot. You know, I, I called in one night and you did the guest box thing for me, trying mm-hmm. to contact, uh, you know, my, my, my buddy Toby from the camping trip. And yeah, it's some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. I remember when I, cause I sent you the, we will edit the audio. I try to listen back and I'll listen and listen and try to give you what I think it's saying and then give you the video back and see what you think, you know? So yeah, I remember you said you thought you you got some responses in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, have you ever heard of wave pad? Wave pad. They have, I'm trying to remember what it is. It's a, uh... it's, it's an app you can use to uh, clean up, clean up video like off necrophonics okay that's what yeah yeah i haven't used it i haven't either but i think i'm going to try it i've been using my necrophonics a lot lately the the app for yeah you got to review it it's not worth it if you just sit there and listen to it and think you're talking to somebody review it review review got to record it yeah i've got to record i just use iMovie on my iphone or tablet edit it on there simply Hmm. try not to make it too complicated yeah, that's a whole other whole other thing. You know, we do the instrumental transcommunication spirit box stuff is, you know, are we talking to something? Are we talking to universal consciousness? I don't know what we're talking to, but we're talking to something because the responses I've gotten back on stuff is just it's too improbable for randomly to pick those words to come up at times for people. Yeah. I mean, I had to say, you know, uh, you know, somebody's asking about, you know, their grandmother. My favorite one is somebody asking about their grandmother. Uh, and the, the family secret and uh, it said Chuck is uh, Chuck knows or Chuck is taking care of you or taking care of the family or something like this it mentioned Chuck in a whole sentence and found out the family secret was Chuck Norris was their illegitimate grandfather like he left didn't accept that yeah wow yeah. yeah and it said Chuck in this whole sentence and things like that it's like how that randomly pop up you know wow that's crazy. And when I tagged it, I still didn't know the family secret. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've had Steve Huff on your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the big name in ITC, you know, love him or hate him. I mean, he's got a lot of haters. He got a lot of people like me. I think he's awesome. You know, I do too. I do too. Yeah. But he, you know, he gets some credible evidence and I think it's because the connection he's made. You know, I think if you focus enough, keep communicating enough, yeah, you're going to start getting responses. You're also going to get stuff happening in your house, and uh, you might have serious effects to your health, which Steve Huff can attest to, um, dangerous things. So I don't recommend it. It's interesting. I still experiment with ITC, but I do it on my show nights. I don't do it in my house very much uh, at all. And I don't even take it on investigations. Uh, really? Because I, res- well, I do residential investigations mostly, which I haven't had any a lot lately because of COVID, and I don't want to, I, you know, I won't risk it. 
unless I feel somebody really needs us. Um, but on residential investigations, I just want to record what's happening in the home, like with audio, video. I don't want to add on top of it uh, an ITC spirit box. That's, you know, they don't have a complexity. A, yeah. No, yeah. Well, it's not what's happening in the home. That's just adding an element. That's might as well bring in a Ouija board. Oh, and that's point. not a good idea. It's the same thing or even worse. I've asked Aaron this question before, and, and, and I'd like to hear your, your spin. Of all the houses that you've been to, is there is there one in particular that stands out as the weirdest, scariest, most bizarre, most frightening? For me? Yes. Um, probably the Bell Guinness house. The experience there wasn't very frightening or anything. Of course, it did storm the one time I got to go. Uh, if people don't know who Belle Guinness is, she's 1908. She, she was, her house burnt down. She was supposedly died there, but she didn't. She killed her whole family, kids, stepdaughters, faked her death, and probably left. Because she had also murdered 40 or more men over the years on her farm who had come there. Uh, to I know marry this. her. Yeah, it's the like well, you know, world's first female serial killer. Yeah, she, she I think she had help in the town. I, I think she had help in the town for people like the sheriff and other things like that involved. Um, but I lost an investigator to that because he felt like it fell to home and he was having weird stuff. And I saw a girl in my house at the time floating in my ceiling. Now, like I said, I've had a lot of psychic experiences. And I've had psychics tell me, oh, you could totally do this. I had one that says, you will be doing this in the future. I don't want to be a psychic or a medium, but I do see things. Uh, I walked in my, what now is my uh, five-year-old's bedroom, but at the time it was my office. Walked in there and turned around and there's this, this girl hanging from the ceiling. Like I couldn't see her head. Her head's like literally in the ceiling, but her body's hanging there with this like dirty, grungy gray dress. And I slapped back, grabbed the door, and then she was gone. And that was right after the Bell Guinness. My wife's like, okay, time to word the house. And then at the same time, my other investigator was having all this stuff. He quit for, I don't really never came back to be an investigator after it. Wow. And he was all up into the Bell Guinness history. He was getting deep in the case. He wanted to prove that there was connections to the police and everything there. And I don't think he is doing that anymore. And I, I swear he might have went after him because he was trying to expose more of the truth. That makes sense. Yeah. But that house had almost burned down on its own again. Because they basically built a new house on top of the foundation, and the family living there had uh, two fires. They could explain. Now it's gone. Now a factory is there. They tore it down. But that whole neighborhood, I noticed all that all that whole neighborhood is full of people who hoard. Interesting. That whole, yeah, and, and there's been multiple suicides there. It's just like you get a bad feeling about the whole area. And, and she literally probably spread body parts all over that farm area. Like she'd feed them to her pigs and mm-hmm. just dump them out in the field. Yes, yeah, like the remains. Acres and acres of land that's people mm-hmm. built homes on. It's a lot of swamp too, but yeah, yeah. That, that that but nothing frightening actually happened on the investigation. You know, like I've never had. I've, I've gone to so many things. I've never encountered anything like maybe my shadow person experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen weird things, but generally by the time I get to investigation, it's chilled out. If it hasn't chilled out, the people move out before I can get in. Yeah. Every time I've gotten a good video from somebody in a house or a good story, and I believe the person, what's going on, it's so bad that I don't get to get there in time because I don't rush in there like Ghostbusters. You know, we're not Ghostbusters. You know, we, we, we do our field work. I, I regret every time we ever tried to just jump into an investigation without doing any 
pre pre work on it. I don't do that. Um, so by the time we get all done, they're already out of the house. They just can't take it. If it's that bad, I usually don't even get to investigate it. Aaron, have you ever seen a shadow person? I've been thinking and I, and I, I've seen shadows move. Um, but I have never seen what I would call a shadow person. You know what? I'm going to add to my weirdness and another day of somebody telling me about these beings because I was told about night walkers the other day who are about seven feet tall, look like shadows, walk um, in between, you know, at night. And um, it was a, a man that had reached out to me for a reading after I had done some show and he just felt a calling to talk to me. And um, and he told me just the other day that he he sees night walkers i'm like okay so what what's a night walker and and that's and he described it very similar to the hat man just not without a you know without a hat yeah he's very tall and thin and sneakily moving in the streets and and he happened to say that they were afraid of him so i i'm going to be digging i think night walkers is the same thing as people seeing shadow people mm -hmm. i think it's you know same same semantics mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is like I just needed his definition of what is, you know, what are you saying? Describe it to me, not just using the term. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what I wanted to ask you is I know you had this, the floating head experience when you were about four. I had a whole bunch of people email me, and it's kind of an interesting demographic. Between the ages of four and six, they had a weird dream. And these people might be in their 70s, one's even in their 80s. And they say, you know, it's really odd that I had this weird dream when I was four or five, whatever. And that dream has stuck with me. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's scarred it's in your crystal, brain. Yep. Crystal clear today as it was back in the day. Yeah. And. Uh, but they, what do they call them? Dreams, just like my cousin did. I never let go of it. I never let go of it. I remember that was one thing I did not write off as a dream as a child. I never let go of it. Because why? Because Philip was there with me. Of course, he did. And we were 13 when I brought it back up to him. And I'll never forget him getting so white <laughs> and making somebody that scared just from a couple words coming out of my mouth, wow. you know, because I didn't, I thought he just remembered it. Like I did, like just never let it go. And he had, he moved on and thought it was a dream. I'm like, no, no, that happened. He's like, stop messing with me. You know, didn't want to talk about, it. you know, it's weird. The alien thing, you know, I told you about the dreams I had later. That I totally wrote off Yes, it, me and Phil, when we were in our twenties, you know, we were both having weirdly weird dreams. We wrote it off as being us Dragon Ball Z fans, and maybe we're watching too much Dragon Ball Z, but where aliens were taking to this planet and training us to be warriors, really crazy stuff. But we both had them, you know, around the same time. And uh, we'd talk about it, and it'd be weird, but we're like, it's got to be a Dragon Ball Z thing. We just watched too much. But we did see that green fluid in the head where kids see, is it ghosts, spirits, or alien? I don't know. Take your pick, or it's all connected. I don't know. Well, yeah. and your family too, right? This is your yeah. cousin? Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the interesting thing is I've traced that back the whole green floating head. I've run research to see if it's related to like banshees or puka, or, you know, because there's this, Ir you know, I'm Irish. I'm really big time Irish. My cousin on the other side is not maybe a little bit, but not much. Um, so I heard it screaming. My memory of it is it's coming through the room screaming. It's horrible. I don't know if it was in my head or in my ears. I was four or five years old. I don't, I don't know if my brain would know the difference even yeah right but i remember it's wailing because i remember before i even saw it i knew it was coming because i could hear it i thought it was his mom crying and i remember you know i can't remember four or five of what i said to him but i think i kept on saying your mom's crying and then this thing comes poof, through the room flying around us and that 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 that's crying and 
went from crying to like a horrid, wretched wailing, you know, of misery. Uh, as it sounds like a banshee to me right exactly you know as i didn't know what a banshee was when i was four or five but that must and when my cousin you know we've talked about it many times now since he was 13 he goes you know the one thing is i don't remember the wailing or crying i it was quiet it was silent it just went floating through the room all i could hear was my crying and wailing you know yeah that's calling for his mother you know who never they never heard us they never heard us and uh, when we finally got out of that room and went running, then they heard us. <laughs> so when you say green floating head, is it male, female? What? what female. It looked like the wicked, the wicked witch of the West when Wizard of Oz always bothered me, and it's because of that green floating uh-huh. head. Incident. I can understand that. Because it looked like to me it was what I what I associated it with when I saw it as the wicked witch of the West green face, but it was a translucent green glow face though. Mm-hmm. But it still reminded me of the wicked witch of the West. Like the wizard, if the wizard had been the witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like the ghostly. Female, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But being but it, female definitely adds more to the banshee. It had the the the, the look. I mean, the face very much looked like the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. Is the banshee? Is that an Irish thing? Mm-hmm. They yeah. wail and cry right before, or right after, or right before somebody's about to die. I have I John Kelly. It came from a great 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 grandfather, who came from Ireland. To work in the mines married a full-blooded cherokee woman and he's only great 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 for me so you, you know that i've heard time and time again and many people do ask me about my heritage when it comes to psychic abilities and all these things and they tell me that the combination between native american and irish blood creates these psychics and um, yeah it sounds like you have it too well it makes me wonder i have a father not to get too personal but i have a father who left when i was two and he, I mean, of course, he went through horror, had a probably a horrible childhood. My grandfather was drunk. His mother was a drug abusing alcoholic, and she was the full blooded, or she was her, she was half Cherokee. Um, and then she had the Irish part, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she was, she just killed herself with drugs. This is, you know, before I was even born. But he took off and wanted nothing to do with anybody in his family. My mom says last time she really talked to him, he something horrible happened to him and one night, but he would not tell her what it was. And he was afraid for his life and he took off and he never came back to this town. That's crazy. Wow. And he's still alive, according to Social Security number being used in Texas. In Texas. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My aunt tried to get me to write him. And I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with that guy. Yeah. You know, he didn't want anything to do with me. I don't want anything to do with him. But there is a curiosity there's a curiosity. I don't give a crap about him. I just want to know his story. Mm. I just want to know what happened. You know, what have you experienced? You know, what weird things have you seen, biological dad? <laughs> what did yeah. I inherit weirdness from your side of the family? Yeah. You know, is my only reason I want to talk to him because my whole that whole side of the family he belongs to, most of those people are dead. Drug abuse, horrible things. You know, I have an aunt, that's about it to talk to. And some cousins, but that side of the family I don't talk to at all. It's just completely wrecked. Is that the side that cousin Phil comes from? No. Okay. He comes from my mom's side, which without the Irish mm-hmm. or the uh, Cherokee. Mm-hmm. That's the German side. Wow. That's crazy. German and Dutch, I think, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> German mainly. You know, that's uh, the park that you were in in Kentucky. 
Is that is that part of the Appalachia? Is that part of the uh, Smoky Mountain National mm -hmm. Forest? Yeah, Red River That's Gorge. To be like I believe the it number is. one. The number one visited uh, national park in the United States is supposed to be uh, Smoky Mountain National Forest. Yeah, this is its own state park, Red River Gorge, uh, and it there's people who've gone missing there. You know, it's my next question. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I remember being out there. Uh, the second time I went camping out there, I didn't go with Lance. I chose not to go with Lance. And I brought two of my other really good friends. I, you know, you want to think about it? I, if I think about it, me and Lance did drift apart after the camping trip. I mean, we, we were hanging out, usually by his pushing, not mine. But that's just how I am. I'm bad. I'm a bad friend. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I just like, oh, I, you're bothering me too much now. I'll go away. Yeah. But I had made two other friends and we decided the next year we went out camping there. That's that same place, that same place out there. And uh, we ran into two guys were like built like crap brick houses. Like us. Um, and they, and I, one of them said something about being a Navy seal and they had guns on them and they were like, what are you doing out here? To find out where we were camping is considered like hardcore camping, like survivalists. Let's go out here and you know, like we're, they didn't realize, you know, hippie kids come out here just to get away from civilization. <laughs> but they were like, "You're camping out here." Did you ask them what they were doing out there? No, they had guns. Did not want anything <laughs> to do with them. Honestly, to be honest, I have survival instincts. I, you know, I, my curiosity does not kill this cat. I did not ask. I was like, "Okay, good day." <laughs> you got guns that's not cool i just you know the deliverance sign plays in my head i don't know oh, i don't know yeah yeah when you're unarmed and they have guns yeah you know i don't poke the bear don't poke the bear they were just telling us be careful they were just like you guys i hope you guys got everything you need and you're careful out here and i'm like okay i didn't know if they were you know you know work for the government or if they were who they were or why they were out there i'm amazed that you went back i i gotta tell you i've never that's what been i said camping. I I, well, I would, if camping. I had your experience, I would never go camping again. This is why I said, whatever happened to me there, I did not feel like it terrified. The shadow person terrified me. That ruined me for years. But whatever happened out on the camping trip, I've, if something happened, it wasn't your experience. It was not terrifying. Well, didn't you say the thing kind of communicated with you? Yeah. Don't need to be it, afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's what I remember from this. This, this, this kept telling me not to be afraid. And I wasn't. That's the thing. If I could think about it, if I searched my feelings about it, I don't think I was afraid. I think I was a little like excited because, but I think I was afraid when the light hit me from behind when I was floating there because it all felt so real. Then the light happened. And I think that's when I was being told, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And then it was trying to tell me something important. That's all I know when I woke up. It's like, oh my, I'm trying to remember it, trying to remember it. What was it? What was it? Wow. And, you know, and then being disoriented and moved around with my boots off, you know. So was it a dream? I don't know. But the fact that I went for so many years and forgot about it, didn't think about it with all my other weirdness I talk about, you know, didn't get brought up until I read Incident of Devil's Den in my mind. Yeah, well, there's so many parallels. It's crazy. So many parallels between our two stories. Just curious, how long a period was that? Roughly. For the last time you thought about it and then, you know. Well, you're talking... I mean, do, doing the show and talking about all the stuff, it never came up in my mind until I read Incident Devil's Dead. So you're talking, I was 17, and I didn't think about it again until I was, what, when, I, when did I read your book and have you on? I'm forty, going to be 42, so I was probably, so we're just talking over 20 years, I mean. 
That's since I thought about it. Wow. I thought about it. I just, I just felt, you know, I felt like I couldn't talk about it. And, and when I started writing a book and made the decision to talk about it, I felt like I was violating some kind of fiduciary trust or like I was telling some family secret. I felt guilty. Right. See, for me, I filed, I, I, I think some part of me filed it. Excuse my wife forgets I'm on air is hammering away. Um, <laughs> okay. They forget. I, I, I like filed it away into this is just a dream. Not important. Yeah, that's where I filed it away. I felt silly about it, if anything, and just forgot about it. That, that, that's what I think. That's how I thought about it. You know, if I, you know, but reading your book made me go and remember it completely. Like, why did I never think about this? Now, all these conversations I've had with people, because I've been doing the show for a few years before I had you on, you know, I had other people talk about aliens and abduction. I read communion, but it didn't even think in my mind until then. So many people write and tell me that. I that think that thing. it's uh, it's almost like a Jedi mind trick. You're not going to remember this. It, yeah. It is all a dream. Look it's, away from it is what it yeah, feels don't like. Worry, don't, don't worry about it. So it tells me that in and of itself tells me, Jason, that whatever it was that they told you, you know, and you remember, just not consciously at this point. You know, other things I've thought about over the years that I've like, oh, I had that dream. That was weird. There's one time I was really sick, congested as heck, and I was a big time smoker, smoked like two packs a day. And I was like, God, if I went to sleep, I remember feeling I was still living at my parents' house. I remember, uh, and so I'm only 20 and I'm smoking horribly. And I had like a horrible bronchitis, chest cold, like my chest burned. I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I went to sleep and I had this holy, intense, real dream where I was picked up by aliens. Literally like the full sci-fi experience of being tortured in a sense, but I wasn't. They were putting a tube and they're telling me the whole time. They're like, you need to stop smoking. And they put a tube down my throat. And that was like, you know, like choking. Like I've had that experience. And that's what it was like me fighting them. And they're like, just relax. And then they like fill my lungs up with this fluid. And they like mentally show me what they're doing. And they fill my lungs up with this fluid and then suck it all out. And then they tell me, you got to quit smoking. And I woke up. And my chest was cleared and I felt completely better. And then I went on and kept smoking. <laughs> that's the reason I hated telling people about that. that and I, I wrote it off as a dream, you know, because I didn't listen. Not, it took me many years before I quit, you know, and I still vape just to keep me from smoking two packs a day. It's hard. It's hard. Mm -hmm. you think you but you know, but I wrote that off. I wrote it off. It's a dream. And I still think it could be a dream, but it's a weird experience. I don't know. Yeah, I woke up completely dream. better. Yeah, if you were that and sick, feeling it's not guilty, a, a, dream, a dream that is going to cure you like that. I felt uh, really guilty about. I wish they could have cured me of the smoking the cigarettes right there. Like, you can do all that mental crap, put a mental thing in my brain that says don't smoke that. That'd be great, but I guess they can't. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's <laughs> can't out of fight their the bounds. nicotine. Yeah, but you know, I don't know if that that those are things I just didn't think about. I didn't think about them at all until I read Incident Double's Ten. It made me wonder. I'm like, okay, yeah, I did have that experience. I forgot all about that. Wow. You know. So my TV comes on by itself at like two and three in the morning sometimes, a couple times a year. And, you know, it's been happening for years. My wife and I don't get wigged out about it. We, you know, I yeah. take up the remote, I go in, I turn it off, and I say out loud, hey, knock it off. You know, go back to bed. Um, I've had that experience recently with our TV. Like, I walk in the bedroom I haven't told my wife about this really. <laughs> uh, I'll walk in the bedroom and like the TV is shut off. The timer shut off. I can see the light on the TV. So it's off. And I'm looking for the remote to go and turn it on. And it'll just pop on. I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe she rolled on top of her remote and that's why it turned on. It's just coincidence, but it's happened like three times now. Like, yeah. I'm like, is there a motion detector on this TV? <laughs> like, to stop, <laughs> pop back on. I don't know. I don't know what wow. that's about. Yeah. I don't know either. It used and I to used to be able to, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it used to scare me. It doesn't scare you anymore. I used to be able to say, I don't have any missing time. No, I don't have any missing time. And then I had a recent experience um, where I remember getting out of bed. It was like three in the morning and going to the bathroom and like literally going in, doing my business, wash my hands. I remember looking at the clock, it was three o'clock, come back. And it's like 430 in the morning. I lost an hour and a half. I'm like, I didn't have, I didn't sit down on the toilet either. Just so you know, it wasn't like me falling asleep in the toilet. I literally went in, did my man business, washed my hands and came back and I lost an hour and a half. And what's weird is that morning when I got up later, I noticed I had like specks. I was wearing a white shirt, specks of blood on my shirt. Really? Like tiny yeah. specks? tiny little specks of blood. I'm like, was I blowing out blood in the middle of the night from like my nose, my sinuses? That's weird. I've never had that happen. And I do, I mean, I have horrible sinuses. So I thought maybe, but that was that same night I lost the missing time. And then my ring, which honestly, it's an, it's, it was over, you know, 17 years old, the ring. It definitely was going to break at some point. Did break, totally like broke off its cusp that night too. Interesting. That's, that's just really a lot of strange stuff happening at the same that's time. What I, I used to say I had no missing time until that point. I can't say that, that anymore. Recently, huh? Yes, that was this last year. Yeah, I actually remember talking to you about that. You know, and, and, and you're, I, I'm afraid to be regressed about 1977. I'm not comfortable I'm afraid of, doing that I'm yet. same here. I would not want to, I wouldn't, I don't blame you. I had an incident on April 16th of 2019 that I'd like to be regressed. Just about that one particular incident. Because I want to know what happened. You know, if any of my guests on my show that are in the, or part of this field would probably berate the heck out of me for it. But you know why I don't want to be regressed? Because I still don't trust it. Don't trust the regression? I don't. You gotta, you gotta really I'm trust not, somebody did, to let them have your psyche. I mean, geez. Not, it's not just that. And it's not only that. I don't trust, and I hate saying this because there's many people that, that define their whole experiences off the regression. And, I, and that's fine. I'm not discounting their experience or the regression, but for me personally, I don't know if I trust anything because I've had a little bit of, I did the whole past life regression with uh, Chris Lee did that. I don't trust it. I'm not saying he, what he does isn't right or good. It is. He's helped people. He did feel like he got rid of the throbbing pain in my fingers from my past life regression, but it's still like your own brain being led on a meditative journey. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's still coming from your subconscious. What is true? Your subconscious can lie to you and show you things that it wants you to see. You know, what is true? What is real? I don't, to me, only real is what I can physically remember seeing. That's what I got. And everything else is speculative, even regression. Well, you know, oh. the, there's uh, different reasons that I think that people do go for regressions. My choice was not, I don't know what happened to me. I want to remember it because I, I knew at the time that I had, decided to go in for a regression i knew that i was a contactee i knew i had these et experiences and i had several memories already i purposely went in because i was no longer sleeping at night i couldn't turn the right. light off i was absolutely terrified and entrenched. you need to get to the root of it yeah i was entrenched in ptsd yeah and and i, I needed agree. to heal and, I, that's, why, that's why i'm saying i'm not discounting yeah. it for for people for me right. 
I'm doing fine. I don't see any reason to and like that's, poke And the that's bear. a reason not poke to poke the bear. The bear. Yeah, yeah, don't poke the bear. If you're not having troubles, you don't need to open the book, at least this not is a, in that way. This is know? exactly, you know, you asked me why, you know, have I talked to, it's too bad you're not talking to your friend Lance. You guys compare notes or see what's happened all these years later. And he, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I know him. I know his personality. And I know I'll get laughed at probably because if he's not experiencing anything, that's how he'll treat me. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. if he is, he still might laugh at me to write it off. And then you know what, what will happen to him? If, have, it, you know, if I wake in the, take him? if I poke that bear, yeah, he's got a good life. There's no reason to disturb or mess with him. If he I came think. to me, you know, like, hey, he knows what I'm into. He knows what I talk about. So he knows the, the invitations there always for to come talk to me if he ever wanted to, if he does experience anything. That's how I look at it. So yeah. maybe one day we will have that. He'll come to me because I've had other lots of other people come to me, you know. <laughs> I even had somebody come to me and tell me that they thought I was on a ship with them. I'm like, I don't know about that, but okay. But yeah, I try to be I nice that. and respectful. I got that phone call too. Yeah, I got yeah. that email and phone call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to get that in this field. Maybe you were. Maybe I was with somebody. I don't know. That's the thing. None of that's verifiable to me. So it's it's in the realm of speculative. And I, I love right? to speculate, but at, at the end of the day, it's who knows. That's what it runs down to. But I want to hear everybody's stories. I want to hear everybody's experiences, be it regressed, be it not. You know, they're all pieces of a puzzle. Yeah, that's all we got, pieces. But, you know, you said something earlier I got to really agree with, and that is that, you know, ghost, Bigfoot, NDEs, I don't care what it is. There's a thread of commonality that runs through all of this stuff and probably goes straight back to some source, I'm guessing. Some part of our reality we don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That we have not even scientists have not even grasped yet. Yeah. Very that, much that, the allegory of the cave. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking like Plato. Plato. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. The shadow on the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. That's exactly what, you know, for reality. I, I think we, and like I said, the, I'll, I'll always say that green floating head for me right there, that, that started it all out for me because I made me realize, okay, nobody knows what they're talking about. <laughs> Because there are there are things that look like cartoons flying through my room, you know, like, you know, and I never forgot it. And I think that's why I'm wired the way I am. Well, I think it kept magic alive in you. You know, there mm -hmm. comes a time where children no longer believe in magic. And, and those of us who have had those kinds of experiences kind of tend to hold on to. No, there's more to this. Oh, yeah. More to this existence than what people are telling me. Yeah, you know, when somebody always tells me like, oh, I don't really had anything paranormal happen, but I totally believe it. I'm like, yeah, you probably had something paranormal happen. Something's yeah. affected you. You just don't want to talk about it, you know, like, because it's something's opened your eyes that these things are real. Because people that don't have any of these experiences, man, they could be real jerks about, like, not believing anything you say. You know, oh, that's not real. That couldn't have happened. You're a liar. I've been called all those things. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got my share of that. That's why I do the show. Though, so, because in my on my show, I'm not allowed. If a caller calls in and calls somebody a liar and is nasty to them, they're gone. You know, I'm open for good, honest conversation. You don't believe or agree with somebody, we can talk about that. But when you get rude or treat somebody as not human or devaluate somebody because you just haven't experienced their experience, well, then screw you. We don't have that on my show. I love my chat room because they're all supportive people so far. I've had in those chat rooms. The trolls get kicked out and uh, everybody's open to hear everybody else's experiences. And, you know, I get people that don't agree with a lot of my guests at times. I hear it in the chat room, but they're still great about it. You know, they're still not jerks yeah. about disagreeing, you know. Reasonable minds can disagree. Yeah. Well, you know, I got trolled real bad for a while and uh, that was, ugh, that was an experience. <laughs> 
Yeah, you'll experience it again, my friend, because welcome to the 2021 and the internet. And it's inevitable. <laughs> we all will. There's yeah. plenty yeah, of trolls yeah. to go around. You know, this ends up on their radar. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know. You know, but I think if we don't get people that are angry or that are upset, we're not reaching everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it seems in this world that nowadays that's the go to, you know, offended or outraged or upset. Mm. that's like the go-to feeling that the media is trying to get out of everybody you know I, i'm, trying, I was, I'm yes, trying to open I, people's minds you know <laughs> i don't want them really to be upset interesting that yeah. makes it interesting that drives right back to the hat man and and what he's feeding off of and uh oh, oh no we said that. Right i talked there. about this we, <laughs> one of the shows we talked about this recently if shadow people or these entities feeling off of people's fears and emotions boy they're having a smorgasbord last year too they're they're getting a fulfill of these kind of feelings and energy from people they gotta thank all the major news networks for helping them no kidding how much is it actual contract or helping i mean that's that's where my mind goes is like is Is it purposely done yeah yeah yeah. we need more juice for our batteries let's scare the passes masses let's scared. new variant of covid Wow. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I totally believe the virus is real. Don't get me wrong on that, but I'm just saying that, you know, they, they'll, eh, any, any good news or any bad news is a great news for the news media. You're right about that. You're right yeah. about that. Have you had guests bring up political stuff? I was a guest. I won't say whose show, but I did 37 shows last month, but yeah. I was a guest on somebody's show and they started steering the conversation in the direction of politics. I try to steer away from it. Oh, I do have yeah. guests that try to steer into it, and I try to steer on out of, out of it. Of it. Yeah. Why? Because they all suck. I don't care. I always, <laughs> I, I never make a Republican or Democrat happy. Never. I talk. I never do because I hate both the sides. I hate all the politicians pretty much, or or dislike them to some extent. You know, like may agree with them on some things, a lot of other things I don't. And I think most people are stupid when it comes to politics. Mm-hmm. So I agree why even bother talking to them? I went to school for political science and said, what the heck am I doing? Quit that. What the heck were you, you were a poli sci major? Yeah, I tried. Yeah. yeah. My second my second go around in college. Some crazy theory. I thought I could get into politics. What the hell was I thinking? Yeah, or get into law school. Most of my most of my yeah. I, my undergrad was in psychology, but most most everyone there had a degree in poli sci. They yeah. thought it would help them. It wasn't wasn't worth a darn. No, it isn't. <laughs> It was a word of anything. I'm glad I didn't go through with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what do you do with it at the bachelor's level degree? I mean, at, yeah. at that level, nothing. Tough. Yeah. I could have talked about politics on radio if I, I thought about doing it on radio, like getting into politics and then communication to get into radio and talk about. It. I'm so glad I talked about paranormal, not politics. Oh God, I would yes. hate it. I would oh, hate God, it now. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You know what though? They get ratings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I was doing a show on politics or pop culture or video games, I'd have so many subscribers and views. Yeah, it'd be so much easier. The algorithms for YouTube are all set up for it already. There's no algorithm set up for paranormal soup set to put it down in the dumpster on YouTube. (laughs) You know, there's not much you can do. You just got to tell people word of mouth, let people know, hey, there's a great show. You want to, you know, open minds and conversations, go listen to Paranormal Soup. That's why I always thank my uh, fans for sharing the show out. Because sure as heck, Facebook and YouTube aren't letting people know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. (laughs) 
I what think it's think? A, I'm thinking it's an opposite, you know, if, you know, and this goes into way into speculation, but you were thinking about the hat man and feeding on, on negativity and pain and, and anger and hatred and all of this thing. And, and it's being pumped to the masses perhaps on purpose then, and it's us over here talking about things that are completely different than that. Open your mind, expand your awareness. There's more going on here. You need to pay attention. Yeah. And, and don't look at that. Shut, it is shut down, shut down, shut down. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I would be like, oh, you need to make like really short videos and start making a bunch of them on the paranormal and you'll get more attention. Maybe, you know, the three hour videos is hard for, there's no algorithm out there to tell people to go listen to a three hour show. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're Aaron and I are struggling. We got 103 subscribers and, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I kind of like watches, you know, I got several watches and uh, I saw a guy that had a watch channel and had 3.4 million views. I'm like 3.4 million views. I mean, are people oh, really yeah. interested in wristwatches? Oh, no, no, I'm into Star Wars. <laughs> I'm into Star Wars right now and watching all these Star Wars channels that are being called like right wing conspiracy theorists because they hate Disney and the the sequels and now they're being they're being charged by uh mainstream media as being somehow alt-right or something like that. None of these people, they're all a bunch of geeks that are just like, no, Star Wars sucks. They got millions of views and like hundreds of thousands of subscribers and all this stuff just to talk about how bad Disney's mucking up star wars you know like here i am talking about like mind-bending things and our reality and i got reality so, yeah. you know a 200 300 views for show on youtube and like 1700 subscribers you know and like 3,000 on facebook and that's taken five years like nobody wants to open their mind nobody wants to like think about death and life and aliens and bigfoot and get into these conversations what is going on you know, like, but That's boy, they want to talk thing. about Star Wars and they want to talk about, you know, wristwatches and wristwatches, you know, like if it's specially market, I guess. I don't know. But not <laughs> for paranormal, I don't know. Maybe there's just too many of us. I don't know. But I also think that the people, you know, people in general want to know about these things and, and they approach you and it's like a normal topic of conversation when you go out, you know, just. Oh, yeah. socializing people bring it up all the time i was leaving for lunch today and somebody said something about a ghost as we were walking out the door i was like wow okay um you know just just and this is in a mental health field and I, I don't even know who there was it was a nurse of some sort um but you know it's just random conversation and it's all over the place so why is there not a draw why are the numbers so low it uh it makes you wonder See, I wonder, I, I, a little greedy part of my mind thinks selfishly, if there is some like major UFO disclosure, real UFO disclosure or something real event that happens, it really opens up people's eyes to the UFO on a mass market media type event. Will I get more subscribers? <laughs> like, ooh, I need to find out what's going on with this UFO alien thing. I totally thought it was crap, but now it's real. It's like right up in the sky. So I better go like start listening to these shows. Well, I get more subscribers. On that. I don't know. I'm counting on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe it's a bit selfish of me, but. <laughs> By the way, if you're watching, please like and subscribe. We're really trying. We're really struggling here. Come on, like and subscribe. Yeah, here. Yeah, come on. Hit Jason up too while you're yeah. at it. Paranormal yeah. soup every Sunday Paranormal night. Paranormal soup Sunday night. Absolutely, be there. Or watch the archive. <laughs> Go rewatch. You've had some great guests. You've had Barry Taft on. You've had Steve Huff. Bruce Maccabee. You've had Bruce Maccabee on. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear about but, Bruce Maccabee's wife's experience? Mm -mm. I don't think we ever talked about that on the show we talked about it, one of his uh the books about the um oh the june 7th first ufo sighting i can't think of the name arnold 
whatever saw the UFOs that was he wrote a whole book at that time as we talked about. He had his wife had an incident, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The, we're talking about the same guy, Department uh, Naval Intelligence. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. The, There's only one Bruce McAbee. Oh yeah. There's one Bruce McAbee. His wife was uh, they had a big piece of property, and I don't remember what state it was in. Um, and uh, they had a deer stand. She had a deer stand set up set up in the back uh, back in the woods, and she was a bow hunter. And she went out and was going to sit in the uh, in the uh, this like line they call it, you know, like a yeah. little elevated thing. You climb up a ladder and you sit down a little yeah. thing and you wait for the deer to come by. And I don't hunt, but you know, neither do I. So she is sitting in her deer blind, and uh, she says, "Tell me if this sounds familiar." Place went quiet. Place went still. And she said that she saw this thing. Remember the movie uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Predator. Uh, yes, Predator. Hold on, hold on. I got this for you. Hold on. That's from Predator. <laughs> I love it. I remember. Get to the chopper. Oh, man. Well, she saw, you know how the Predator had this kind of... Uh, camouflage-like appearance, like pixelated green and just kind of went from branch to branch. She saw that. And not only did she wow. see it, she took a picture of it with her phone. What? Yeah. Yeah, check this out. This is I have on his friends on Facebook. I don't know. Did he post any of this? I haven't seen it. I, I don't saw it think on television. I, I saw it on, on television. So it's got to hey, be I don't true. Watch, he mentioned it on my show and I totally missed it. I don't know. But man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, she took a picture of it with her phone and of course he... You know, being the kind of guy he is, he was able well, to yeah. evaluate it. Maybe say, we did talk about it. It does sound oddly familiar. Maybe we did. I and don't know. coincidentally, they had a son or nephew, some some relative, uh, was at a high school football game, a nighttime football game, not far from, you know, a mile or two from yeah. where she had this experience. And he saw a light in the sky, unexplainable UFO type light in the sky, the same time she had this experience or about the same time. Well, see, I wondered about the shadow person after I had it walk right up to me if it was some kind of alien now years later in like some kind of like camouflage suit like Predator or something like that, you know, like, you know, is that some kind of stealth technology it was wearing, you know? I mean, they talk about the military having it, you know, even secretly. There's a famous video out there supposedly of the military, you know, the, of the military using one of these suits. You see a guy get in and out of this tank and uh like run across this battlefield like too fast for a human and totally like in that predator camo kind of thing and then he flips out of it i don't know it's the internet who knows yeah wow but you know they've got to be working on it <laughs> they, they, you know they, they've definitely have tried to make a cam a camouflage military suit or a camouflage plane you know the military's invested heavily in all that oh yeah they got the money you know I look at uh, um, this this camouflage stuff and all this, and uh, um, well, I kind of lost my train of thought. That's all right. <laughs> you know, I've had, I've had dreams about the predator, um, and uh, I used to say he was a friend of mine because I've had so many dreams with the predator alien. Um, and they that's don't awesome. ever, that's... yeah, he's my friend and we play, we do parkour. Not that I, <laughs> even, 
I'm sorry. I can, barely, awesome. I can barely jump this high off the ground. So how I'm doing this in my dreams, but it's always a in predator. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you hear me making that like the word like the, yeah, the, the I love that. Noise. I used to I used to <laughs> I have I that on my phone as like when I would get a text message, I would have that sound on my phone. Um, but yeah, so I've had several dreams with this guy. We're in an underground parking lot every time. And we just we're running and it's and it's a game. We're running and jumping over things and what, what's what's funny. What's funny is the the alien beings, me and my cousin felt like we were being taught by in the dreams were kind of like their culture was very predator-like let's just say like they were very they were very tall big and like hunters and warriors like predator interesting yeah, yeah. that's what we described them like oh like they're kind of like predators so they didn't look like the predator which scared the crap out of me <laughs> if i'd seen it you know i i think it speaks to the level of influence that these things really have over us like you know and Whenever you're in a weird situation and you think, oh, I'm not scared, I'm pretty calm, I'm, you know, I'm relaxed. I, I think that's their influence. And, you know, like I had lots of people write to me and say that they saw, you know, owls and orbs and deer and uh, Disney characters and all kinds of crazy things in their room when, they, you know, four and five. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that they can appear like I had these monkeys appear in my room. Yeah, they yeah. can appear in a way the kill find most benign. You still haven't seen Taken, have you, by uh, Steven Spielberg's miniseries? Oh, no. Is that the one that starts with a motorcycle? And a motorcycle? No, no, no. It's a miniseries, and it, it tra- about that. takes takes a, about a that. series of family, uh, like three different families. Uh, one that's an uh, abductee, one that is half-breed, and the other one's a military family that all starts at Roswell. And you watch how they, they breed these two, the abductee and the half-breed, their generations of family down the line as the show goes on together. Uh, one of them, though, one of the, the first, the, the first one being abducted as a kid, and, and like this is like the 1940s, sees this little childhood storybook chipmunk come to life. It's like, come with me. Let's go play. Let's go in our little keeper elf oh, tree and play. And then the tree lights up, and then you see this UFO shoot up out of it. When it takes some, I like screen memory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Steven Spielberg knows something. I think so too. Well, he definitely knows something. Um, absolutely, with his series of movies that he's made about these things. Yeah. And what what did all of them try to teach us? I've seen them. Stuff is real. Yeah. No, no, Uh no. What did we have before Spielberg? We had aliens. They're all here to kill us. Yeah, you're right. Leader, beautiful. Steven Spielberg loving. was like loving. Look, they're taking Richard Dreyfus up to space forever, and you know, they were, you know, ET phone home. You know, my finger lights up. I'm friendly. You know, like Drew Barrymore is my best friend. You, you know, uh, give me, give, give me, give me a Reese's Pieces, and I'm, you know, everything he did was to like put them in a new light, as friendly and non-threatening. I wonder where he gets that paycheck from. Bingo. Hmm. And then George Lucas, his whole point of Star Wars is really teach us more about his idea of like his philosophy of like religion and reality and morals through the Jedi. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I could see that. Yeah, Disney doesn't see it. They're totally ruining it, but. (laughs) Um, The movie, The Arrival, that came out a few years ago. Um, I really wanted to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, 
Well, I won't tell you a lot of what happened, but I can tell you the circumstances, how I understood that it was a good and positive film for Alien Contact. When I went to see it, I you know, saw the poster and it said that it was released on 11-11. I don't remember the year, 2017, something like that. Yeah. And I was like, and I was with my husband at the time. We're now separated, well, divorced. But um, I said, this is going to be a positive film. He's like, how can you tell? Like, because of the date it was released, 11-11. That was done on purpose to be a signal to those who are aware that the number 1111 is a signature, you know, now is the time, an awakening thing. And we walked into the theater and I was overcome with a feeling of love. I mean, I have empathy so I can, I can feel other people's emotions. And I walk into this room and it was just a beautiful feeling. I was like, Oh, this is, this is going to be great. This is because he kept telling me this is going to be a shoot 'em up movie. I just know it. I'm like, no, it's not. And we walk in there and I'm like, it is not a shoot 'em up movie. Not at all. I would not be feeling what I feel right now had it been. And sure enough, it was a very beautiful film that actually sparked a lot of my understanding of, of uh, time. <laughs> and how time is not real. Um, yeah. I've got a very interesting story about 11-11. Oh, do you? Do you know the significance of 11-11-18? I don't. November 11th, 1918 is the day that the First World War, uh, the armistice was signed. Oh, all yeah. right. And that's why November 11th is Veterans Day. Or in, gotcha. in Europe, they call it Remembrance it. Okay. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's creepy is, remember this whole thing called World War One started, or the Great War, started with, what was it, Austrian Crown Prince Ferdinand or something, mm-hmm. riding in a Assassination, vehicle, yeah. Gets assassinated. They get his car in a museum. And this is true. You can look it up. Google it. Uh, the license plate of his car, 111118. No way. That's crazy. That's wild. That's the original license plate. That's the original license plate. 11, wow. 11, 18. Synchronicities. I'm telling you, doesn't get much more. We were living in the matrix. That's <laughs> a whole other rabble. What do you, what do you think <laughs> about that? You know, Elon Musk is kind of my hero. I like the guy. Yeah. Um, he, I love and hate him. He does things that just drive me nuts and th- says things that are completely for somebody as smart as him. So stupid. But then I love his enthusiasm for what he wants to do. I do. Yeah, I do too. For some things. I don't know about the, the chips in our brains. I'm sorry. Draw the line there, buddy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, keep on the monkeys. I don't want one. He's my inner little mad scientist. I'm like, I get what you want to do, Elon. I get it. But go watch go watch Terminator again. Go watch. You, know, you need to go watch all these other sci-fi movies because they're all warnings not to do what you're trying to do. Well, he's in a hurry to get to Mars. And I wonder why. Yeah, before his government money funds <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's where he gets kicked off the board. I don't know. I had somebody tell me that uh, Elon Musk and his rockets are going to be like the the last lifeboats off the Titanic. Yeah, well, you know, if you believe all the stuff about them already having bases on Mars and all that stuff, that could be the truth. Yeah, it could be. It's hard to. But believe. honestly, what are we? How are we going to survive in space? There'll be life. There'll be death boats out in space. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be real hard. You know, we got a long ways to go before we're living on Mars or doing stuff out there. Yeah. Unless they get that alien technology released to everybody, then we're good. We'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's the guy that said, uh, you know, look at Star Wars, we're 50 years ahead of that? 
Some aeronautical engineer. Yeah. I, I think he gets a sci-fi wrong there. Star Wars is like a galaxy long way back. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> a long time ago, <laughs> galaxy far away, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> Maybe Star Trek. Yeah. But I'm a big Star Trek fan, and Gene Roddenberry, you know, there's the whole ancient aliens really played it up bad, but uh, there is a little bit of connection to him to a group that did like channel aliens and like believed in a galactic it, yes they were called the nine and they believed in aliens and they would have these like channel sessions and gene roddenberry was friends with them and knew them and possibly was there for some of these channeling sessions that involved talking about galactic federations and stuff like that well you know did that, it influence that, star star trek i don't know so did you hear about the guy from israel uh, on december 8th haim ashed who uh, i got friends in tel aviv they tell me that haim ashed is like like their version of uh, buzz aldrin you know, real respected guy. He yeah, ran, I think he ran Israel's uh, space protection program for 30 years and then taught university. And he said that the United States and Israel are in a treaty with the, quote, Galactic Federation. Uh, yes, I did hear this. Yes, time. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, these little tidbits, the pieces of the puzzle, you know, we've had some big names come out lately to say things along these lines. Javi you know, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul Hellier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's... Yeah, you know, and then uh, you got people that are doing contract work for the government, like Bigelow, and you have, um, what's his name, that was standing up there with them uh, to the stars, who didn't say a word, but boy, I'd love to hear him talk, um, what's his name, dang it, uh, they had him at their whole big introductory theme for to the stars, and he's, uh, po- or, oh, the same guy was involved with Bob Lazar at Los Alamos, I cannot think of the physicist's name. Talk about Chris Mellon or no, Hal Putoff, any of those. Hal Putoff, that's who I'm trying to say. Yes, you know, his his name is tied to a lot of things, yeah. And I'd love to have heard him talking to the stars like, We have Hal Putoff here, like, great, what does he got to say? Nothing, oh, nothing, you know, like, because he should know a lot. (laughs) I bet he does, yeah, yeah, but he didn't say anything, yeah, just got his name on the title. How much money, what check did they write him for that? No kidding, or why? I mean, like, he, he obviously has an interest and he's been working on secret projects for a long time. Hey, <laughs> love to know what he Bigelow's? thinks. Bigelow's mm-hmm. new project. Mm-hmm. Oh, about the afterlife. Yes. Yes. You know Aaron? No, tell me about this. Bigelow's going to give away a million dollars broken up into three different uh, winners uh, to people, someone that can come in and provide proof of the afterlife. He lost, he lost his wife, uh, Diana, 55, Diana of 55 years. And, uh, I guess he's what 76, 78, something like that. Probably looking at his own mortality. Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, he's got a lot of money, and the next thing to look at for him, he probably already knows the secret. As I already figured out the secret aliens, I can't tell you people, but let's find out about the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. I should have. I had a lot of money. I'm more power to him. If I had a lot of money, I'd be doing it too. Oh, I got twelve bucks. I could put toward it. The question is, what constitutes as total proof? Yeah. What what That's what 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 are the drawing lines of what he considers total proof that he'd pay willing to pay on a million dollars is what I want to know. You know what? You can go online and look. He's got the uh, all the parameters, all, all the all the rules contest, a contest rules. Oh rather. wow! Uh, I, wonder if he's I read them, and they were kind of interesting. I think twenty five thousand word word limit or something and, i mean because uh, you could get i can i can give them some pretty amazing mediums that pull the out even names of people you know that they should have no knowledge of but is that proof of an afterlife 
No. Nope. Nope. It isn't. Cycle can, you know, it, it's ability proof they're able to psychic ability and able to pull information they shouldn't know. But does I mean that's still in it? Are they getting that from the afterlife? There's no. It's all subjective. There's no proof of that because it only comes from them. Well, and I think the Houdini and his wife. I'm sorry, I was going to say that Houdini and his wife did the same thing when Houdini was, well, before he had died, he had told his wife, you know, I've got to, and his friends, I've got a word, go to the mediums, see if they can pull it out, you know, and, um, and it never happened. Never happened. It might have happened, but she didn't believe it. Mm. There's a, there's a rumor along that lines. Is there? A couple of people tried to scam her over the years. Yeah. And get the information, try to figure out what the secret was, and yeah, and somebody figured it out yeah. supposedly, and that ruined the whole thing. So that sucks mm. for proof of the afterlife. But right. that's the thing, you know, the only way you're going to prove it is is actually you pulled the Ghostbusters move, and you're actually able to trap a ghost. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm serious. It's not no, trying to be I, facetious. I agree. I agree. You know, there, there's only one way of proving that to people because everything else is subjective. You're not yep. going to, you know, anybody can tear it apart. My ITC devices are not proof of an afterlife. Even if they give us responses that are clear as a day to the, and know things they shouldn't know, it doesn't mean that there's an afterlife. We could be tapping into something else we don't understand that has this information, but it doesn't mean there's an afterlife. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I scared myself. I, I lost my sister about two years ago and I was playing around with necrophonics and I just said, hey, Char, are you there? And I swear she said, I heard in a woman's voice, I am. Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> oh, I heard it say the first time I started messing around with it and I wasn't recording. Uh, I, my grandmother had passed not long before I'd started experimenting with it. And I was really close to her. And, uh, you know, I said, Grandma, if you're there, can you help me now? Can you come through? I was by myself. And I heard my, my beautiful boy, which is the last whoa. word she spoke to me. Whoa. And I broke down in tears and stopped. And I, I would have yeah. too. Yeah. That, you know, I, you will become more of a believer there's something there to itc i at first was like totally a skeptic of it like big time people pull out the sb7 spirit box and like oh that's so annoying you just shut it off you know but doing evp work uh which is not with spirit box is just on air recorded straight from the air um makes me think the two are very much related though oh yeah you know, I don't know if you guys have heard anything, but over the last almost two hours now, there's been several whispers that I've heard through the show. So I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me, but there's there's there are explanations of audio feedback that happen. I've been able to debunk and that, but I have gotten audio come through on the show that we can't explain mm-hmm. right through the audio feed, not from a spirit box. I had a weird experience with Whitley Strieber. I was on Dreamland. And uh, while we were talking, there was this weird uh, tone in the background. And uh, he said, hmm, because it was there the whole time we had the show. And he said, I'm going to have my, my sound engineer look at that. I mean, how cool is that? Have your own sound engineer, right? Right. So he gave, he gave the file to a sound engineer. And this is, this is true. You're going to ask him. Uh, there were two tones. And uh, I don't understand really the science behind it, but the tone was, there was a tone and then it exactly doubled that tone's uh, oscillation. Yeah. Was the next layer of tone. Yeah. So they were, they were exactly, it was actually exactly double harmonized. Or it was harmonized oscillation word, between the two. That's but the weird. The, the weird thing was, the weird thing was his sound engineer uh, got the file early in the morning, went in and popped it in and he has some kind of machine to analyze it. 
and took a reading off the machine, wrote it down, and then realized the machine hadn't been turned on. No. I don't know what to uh, tell you on that. I don't know either. Yeah. That's crazy. It's like my TV turning on. That's, that's Whitley Schreiber crazy. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of craziness around him. I'll, like I said, I read Communion before I ever read Incident at Devil's Den. And it, I mean, I, it's a great book. It totally is. I mean, but did not affect me like Incident at Devil's Den did. Yeah. It was cathartic for me. I'm glad I did it. I know you're trying to get me to write my own book and but so rewarding. Yeah, Aaron's written two books. Both are excellent. Yes, I love them. Well, I love the one. I've not read the other. I've only read the, the one. other one. Yeah, the other one's about it's more spiritual work, um, energy things, uh, protection, boundaries, things like that. So much more practical workbook type of thing well we're coming up on an hour and a half mm. um, yeah i gotta get going because you hear my wife getting louder up there that's yeah, thanks for do, going it's <laughs> hey, you know let me ask you i want to give you a really cool introduction and uh help me out with this will you what, what would you like um what for you to say yeah, I was just going to say, I'm going to say, you know, tonight we have Jason Bland from Paranormal Soup. You know, listen to I, his I'm show. Sh whatever you come up with will be better than what I come up with. My introductions suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like stumbling all over my words when I try to do Try doing it live, Terry. You get to pre-plan it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I like live. I prefer live. I feel I do. energy when I'm, when I'm on live. And I know because you can't stop. You have to go. You got to do it. You know, yes. there's no like, hold on, let's retake that. No, yeah. that don't happen. You got to just talk, you know, <laughs> yep. no dead air. No dead air. No dead air bad. All right. Weird blue, a flash, weird blue flash of light. I'm just trying to think of something you said that I could stick with the. I like that. What? Uh, your, your statement about a weird blue flash of light. So oh, is, when we're he, camping. Is, is, is heat lightning blue? I've had heat lightning up here. I don't remember. I, I've, I've seen it kind of be blue, but this was such an intense, like blind me first. It, it wasn't like a flash, like a flashlight. It was, it was faint, but it was just like all over. I'm like, okay. But I, 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 I know heat lightning can make that kind of effect. He could have okay. been right, but it, you know, I mean, I have never seen blue lightning. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm living in the wrong place, but I have never, I've lived in a lot of places, but I've never seen blue lightning in my life. Usually when I've had heat lightning, it's more purple. It's like a yeah, purple. purple flash not a blue yeah so that's what i thought it was like okay i guess it's what different color down here and this was just uh you couldn't isolate a source it was just all over the sky just it was blue. all over yeah unlike the big flash of white light that came out of the forest you know out of the mist that that came from the house the that went up. up in the air yeah yeah if there was a it was it was right in a location where a house was yeah so I don't know. Like I said, all these years later, I'm still just as clueless as I was back then. I just have little more clues to things than I didn't know. I didn't know about back then. You know, when it comes to alien abductions and and UFO phenomenon and that, I didn't, I was interested in it back then. Uh, I read Communion. I read Communion before that camping trip too. You know, what I'm saying like so. I've been <laughs> into alien abductions and all that stuff. So like, part of me writes that off as like, oh, it's just my imagination from you know X Files and Whitley Strieber and mm. Travis Walton. Yep. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, listen, we, we've kept you long enough on a Sunday night. 
Is this Sunday night? It's not Sunday. Sunday. It's Friday. It's Friday, Friday night. night. It's Yours used to being on with me on Sundays. That's right. That's right. It seems, feels like Sunday, doesn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good talking to you guys. And definitely, you know, we got you coming back on the show soon. I know. And Aaron, we got to get, I'm getting, I'm already, like I said, booked into August, but we should get you back well, on the show. Yeah. Again. Put me, put me down for September or something. So yeah. I'll get you a date. I got Nick Redfern yeah. in September coming. Oh, that's cool. uh, nice. He's got a new book on time travel coming out. So I'm like, when's it come out? He's like, in September. I'm like, can I book you in September? He's like, yes. I'm like, all right, cool. I can oh, get man, a free that's book. That's a catch. Yeah, I'm hoping I get a free book too. You should. Yeah. Yeah. Command it. Yeah. <laughs> he's giving me a number. I can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't say anything about giving me this one. I'm like, come on, this is my favorite topic time travel. Give me a free copy. Otherwise, I'll buy it. He knows I'll buy it if he doesn't give it to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I buy him so I can give a review. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. It's been fun. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. on here. And yeah, I really uh, appreciate it. I'll let, let me know when you put it out so I can share it. I, I will. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I am subscribed to the channel, but YouTube is, even though I hit that little bell, it says, tell me, tell me when they are, they do something new. Thank you. I'll hit it for channels like my friends, like Rob, his old City Vapors channel where he does his Weird Wednesday. I had it set. I have it set to notify me when he goes live. Still doesn't on YouTube. Doesn't do anything to me either. I do, I, I've hit that bell lots of times i've never got a notice one for a lot of things yeah and they're supposed to if you tell it you subscribe to the channel and hit that bell it's supposed to say okay tell me yeah tell me when they go live it works for some things it's like other things no for some yeah. reason it won't tell me about certain channels i bet that happens with my channel hmm. well there we go back into that theory again mm -hmm. yeah my like i set up a video game channel i put I hit subscribe to it on my other channel. It tells me every time I post a video right away, boom, it pops up there because it's video games. But my, my, you know, old city vapors, you know, his weird Wednesday show. I have that never, I never pops up and tells me it goes live. Well, go figure metrics yeah. or algorithms or some stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason. Thank you so much for being on our show. All right, guys. Have a great night. Yep. Thanks very much, Jason. Appreciate you. Thanks for spending an hour and a half with us. And for those of you out there, please like and subscribe. Yeah. Talking with Jason over this last couple hours has been really mind um, opening, you know, things that have been on my mind for a long time, as far as when do you have a regression? What is the time to choose to delve into these things that you may remember, you may not remember? Um, and and do you tell your friends? Do you approach your friends when you've had similar experiences and they've withdrawn? Um, there's a lot of different factors to take in, you know, take into consideration. Are they going to take it well? Is it going to cause them psychological distress? Um, and, and the same with you, if you're just curious about your, you know, what happened in the past, maybe find a different way to delve into things instead of a regression, because maybe it's not something you need to wake up. My, my choice to go into regression the first time was specifically to, to heal my PTSD. And it worked wonderfully after my regression, I was no longer afraid of the dark. I could sleep and I slept well, and I was able to function normally again, um, as a as a, a good work ab you know i didn't have to call in sick because i wasn't sleeping at night because i was afraid um 
the second time I had a regression, it was much more of the curiosity moment. Um, I want to see what happens because it, it was like an excitement. Um, the, the little flash of memory I had was of being excited about an experience. And, um, and so when I looked into that, I, I, I realized it was really not all that fun. Um, you know, what I had remembered upon regression was, um, somewhat disturbing in some, in some aspects. So, um, you know, just be mindful. Yeah. There's going to be a reason why it's stuffed down in your subconscious. Right. Exactly. And Yvonne Smith did your regression, didn't she? Yes. She, she worked with me on both of them. And, um, in a way I learned my lesson, you know, however, I gained really good information from the second regression. It was not the excitement that I had, I had anticipated it would be, it was not fun. Yeah. Oh, before we, before we leave you a uh, quick shout out, I'm going to be a contact in the desert this year, virtually. So Victoria and Paul are walking, working to put on a really, really good show. Avi Loeb is going to be present. So that's worth the price of admission alone. So <laughs> check it out. Go, go to uh, contact in the desert 2021 and uh, look at the list of guests. It'll blow you away. It's just going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be in June. It's going to be an incredible show. So oh, that's going to be great in June. Yes. Very good. Very good. Let's see what else we've got shout outs to do. David for helping us with the, the um, editing of this uh, video and putting us Thank all you, up David. on, uh, on all the different um, audio versions that we have. I know Spotify, I don't know the others that we're all up on. We're on, we're on uh, YouTube, Spotify. Uh, are we on Anchor? We are on Anchor. Yeah. And, are, and we I know, on, are we on Apple? I don't know if we're on Apple. I guess we um, should have looked at the list. Wait a minute. I got the list somewhere. You have the list? We're all over the place. Look, just find us. Okay. Find us. Just find us on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Um, yes. Thanks. Thank you to David. Thank you to, for, uh, to Tony Kane for the intro music that we have. Absolutely love it. And thank you to Gleewood and my mother for the outro music. Thanks, Mom. We love it. Yes. All right. Good evening to you all. Good night. Stand in the